0: This is stand up for the truth. Fresh Connell, fresh new podcast, Friday, October 13, twenty three. Mary Danielson back at the uh, host, mic. Friday the thirteenth. Are you are you superstitious? Nope. Neither am I. Knock on wood. I don't I don't believe in any of that nonsense. Uh, we got a fresh new podcast today, and uh, I didn't want to take up too much time. But October the eighth, twenty thirteen, was my first day here at Q ninety FM. So ten years ago. I started working here at Q90FM, and my first day on the job, I went to a conference, and there was Carl Kirby talking about Noah's Ark, and I learned so much. Mm. It was awesome, and so here we are having him in our studio. Mary, take it away.
1: Yes, good morning on this rainy, kind of gloomy, you know, kind of want to go home and watch a movie kind of day in Wisconsin but we are sun shining inside here. We have Carl Kirby, like Crash said, live in studio. He's with Reasons for Hope Ministry, and we're going to learn a lot more about their outreach in just a couple moments. Important outreach to our youth. Um, very important in these times. Let me read a scripture. We'll do that first thing, and then if you'll pray with me, and then we will get underway. This morning, Psalm 150, 145, 1-7, to which says, I will extol you, my God, O King. And I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness. And shall sing of your righteousness. That is a praiseworthy psalm. Why don't you pray with me this morning? Lord, how great are your works. And we thank and praise you that we can know you and declare these mighty works to the next generation. Lord, keep us ever mindful of your provisions for us, not only in this life, but for all eternity, because you alone are worthy to be thanked and praised. We lift up those who are hurting and discouraged in these dark days and ask that you'd give them endurance, Lord, and a heart to finish well, that they would seek to draw closer to you as their only source of hope. Thank you for Carl and his labors for the kingdom. We ask for all those who love and serve you at Reasons for Hope and that you would give them many open doors to refresh your people, build up the body of Christ, especially the youth, to lead many to faith, Lord, for his family and friends, for good health and protection. In Jesus' name, amen. Carl Kirby is an apologist, author, and a much sought-after speaker in the U.S. and abroad. He's a co-creator, head writer, and host of the award-winning video series, Weapons of Mass Instruction. Co-creator of the award-winning and hugely popular debunked DVDs. We'll ask him about those in a little bit here. And the book I have in front of me, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? And 27 Other Questions Teens Ask About the Bible, written along with Juan Valdez, who who I have had the pleasure of interviewing on this podcast, uh, Carl was a founding board member of Answers in Genesis, served uh, there for more than 15 years before co founding the Apologetics Ministry Reasons for Hope, and that is is R4H.com, and so much more. Carl, welcome to stand up in studio this morning. You are a worldview warrior.
2: <laughs> Miss Mary, I am a blessed <laughs> man, is what I am. Thank you for letting me be with you.
1: What brings you to Green Bay, Carl?
2: Actually speaking at a a men's conference, uh, tomorrow, today, speaking at a Christian school. So I'll be in class all day with the kids. I'm looking forward to that. Love those opportunities. And then I'm at a church on Sunday. And then, uh, Monday, we're going to Milwaukee and we're going to take, I think they have over 500 people right now. We're going to take them to the Milwaukee Zoo and teach them how to use the, use secular zoos. Look, I, I believe that every zoo, every museum, every aquarium across this planet, when you have the right biblical worldview, you can walk in, use their exhibits to teach what they believe, mm. teach what the Word of God says, and then help people make informed decisions. So we're going to turn them all into creation museums and creation zoos and creation aquariums. They can have their exhibits. Our tax dollars pay for them. I'm going to use them and teach the truth.
1: Wow. Field trip. You know, we had a lot of field trips as kids. We'd go to here or there, but that sounds like a field trip with yep. a purpose. I really like that. Yep. Um, what are some of the other things you've done in this life? Um, O'Hare? O'Hare <laughs> O'Hare International?
2: It's crazy. I look back. I mean, I, I'm like crazy old, I guess. I was I was an air traffic controller for over 24 and a half years. That's how we put our children through college. And it's, it's amazing. I didn't even know what the job was, Ms. Mary. When I went into it, I went into the military because I had a choice of going to jail or going in the military. I took the easy way out. I went into the military. And when I got into the military, I went in as an admin, a typist. And my drill instructor started laughing when he found out I was a typist. The guy laughed so hard he couldn't even breathe. And so uh, he called me a name that I can't repeat anymore, um, and I'm like, man, that's not good. He said, get used to it. As long as a big old guy like you pounding on a typewriter, that's what they're going to call you. And so I said, well, how do I get out of the job? Go volunteer for a new one. They had three jobs, ordnance disposal specialist. Nah, call me what you want. I'm not messing with bombs. Number two, they wouldn't let me do it. I'd hurt my knee in high school playing football, so that disqualified me. Number three was air traffic control. And I said to this man, I said, what is air traffic control? He looked at me like I'm stupid. He says, "In the winter time, you're in a heated room, and in the summertime, you're in an air-conditioned room." I'm an air traffic controller, and then I ended up doing eight years in the Air Force and then 16 years in the FAA. Yeah. It is totally God. Wow,
1: that's the air traffic control. That's that's low stress, right?
2: You know, it's crazy. I, I looked at it. I didn't know what the job was, so I know that God did it, and He was the one that pushed me through it. But uh, I think of stress as a dental hygienist. I'm sorry, man. I I, I, I cannot imagine. Cleaning somebody 's nasty teeth day in and day out i 'm sorry dental hygienists out there in the world. I love you, I appreciate you, but i couldn 't do that job that would that would be high stress to me
1: yeah, so. wow interesting and what what was your what did your dad do for a living?
2: Oh, my father was a professional wrestler, so I, I tell everybody I grew up around guys with one name crusher bruiser mauler assassin so if you 're tuning in today because you think you 're going to hear some high intellectual you know, philosophical understanding of something, that won't happen with me. Trust me, I'm warning you in advance.
1: That's funny. Um, I'd like to know a little bit and have our listeners hear about how you came to faith. Um, Were you raised in a Christian home? But also, the second part, part B of that question is, how does your testimony figure into your apologetics later on? Is there a connection between who you who you were and how God worked in your life and the fact that you became an apologist later on?
2: What a blessing to share with people what God has done. And you know, I, I look at uh, Isaiah 41, and uh, I, verse 13, it talks about God reaches down with His mighty right hand and He holds on to us. And I've I've experienced that. I you know I, you look at me now and you say, okay, yeah, I used to be an athlete. That's true. I know it's hard to believe now, but I was an athlete. And I think of, you know, me hanging on, trying to do a pull-up. You know how many pull-ups I could do now, Miss Mary? Uh, we don't want to go there. But if I was trying to hang on to things of my own strength, I would fail miserably. But God says he reaches down with his mighty right hand. He does the holding on. Joshua tells us that we're supposed to set aside memorial stones so that when future generations come along, we can tell them what God has done. And so that's the only reason I would share a testimony, not to bring glory to self, but to bring glory to God. I was raised in the church. I was around the church. I went through confirmation I was an acolyte. I knew stand-up, sit-down, kneel. I knew ritual, but I didn't know Jesus. And I didn't come to Christ until I was 26 years old. I thought I was a Christian because, again, I knew ritual, and I'm an American. Come on, I'm born in America. Of course, I'm a Christian. I took people to church. I took my wife to church. She got saved. I took my brother to church. He got saved, but I didn't know Christ. And it was May 15, 1987, when I took my brother to a, a, a conference in Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places. This is where I got saved. It's safe. I'm okay. But it, I was in Salt Lake City, Utah, <laughs> at the University of Utah's Huntsman Center. A man named Lowell Lundstrom, which oh, yeah, some of the folks, yeah, yeah, some of the folks here would know that, sure. because he was Minneapolis at a big church at the end after he got off the road Midwest. He and his family traveled the country for over fifty years doing Lowell Lundstrom family revivals. Mm-hmm. He came to Salt Lake City, did a revival. I took my brother, and he preached a simple gospel message. And I was in this huge auditorium, and I'm sitting there, and all I can say, Miss Mary, is that the Lord pulled the scales off my eyes and was like, I don't have that. I'm going to hell. I'm taking people to church. I'm putting money in the offering plate. I'm sitting in pews, but I don't know Jesus. And so that's how I got saved was a very simple presentation of the gospel, and it was just like I knew. Two years later to the day, I worked my first uh, creation conference with a ministry called ICR, the Institute for Creation Research. They came to Salt Lake City, University of Utah, Huntsman Center, and they did a Back to Genesis conference. And between those two conferences, I had run into some people that my Sunday school teacher taught me. You take evolution, you put it in the Bible, God used it, God directed it. So that's all I knew, and that's what I believed. And I ran into two pilots because of my job. I was sitting in the cockpit of an aircraft for training purposes, flying to see my dad out in Oregon, and I witnessed to these guys, and they brought up the creation evolution topic. I threw out what I had been taught, and they corrected me. And I tell people I'm eternally thankful because the pilot pulled out his Bible, opened to Genesis, and he went through the sequence in Genesis and showed it did not fit with the evolutionary process. It was a contradiction, contradiction. And I was, I was blown out of the water. I said, where would you learn to think like that? I have never seen anybody use the Bible like an authority. I grew up with, well, I think this and I think that. And then if you pushed them, they might show you a Bible verse, but then you could take that Bible verse a couple ways. This man used the Bible as an authority. He introduced me to ICR. I ordered a book called The Lie uh, Evolution by Ken Ham, and I'm ADD to the max if you can't tell. When I got that book, I read it in one sitting. I just shredded it, mm. and that was it. That was the reason why I never trusted the Bible because to me the Bible was the good book, spiritual and moral, mm. fairy tales, you know, good stuff like that. But no, this taught me that the Bible is the word of God, and so that was the transition to where now I'm doing what I'm doing today because of that book and a pilot who was willing to open the word and show me that this is how you deal with things. Wow.
1: the well, Lord really was working you into, you know, because he sees our life laid out from beginning to end. Yep. Obviously, there's nothing nothing new to God, but yep. I can just see how God, uh, what you're doing now, just so fits in so beautifully with who you are and who God made you to be. And, and we are new crea- uh, creatures, which is Amen. just fantastic. Now, you have uh, Reasons for Hope has a um, an app. Oh, yeah. What will people find on that app?
2: Oh my goodness, you're gonna, f- it's almost like what don't you find? Okay. Almost, I, I, would tell you 90% of everything that we produce is up there free of charge. Uh, the debunked videos that you talked about, all 25 of them are up there now. Yep. We we're on our 25th. That's up there. Uh, in that same debunk tab, you'll find debunked TV. There's three seasons of a 28 minute TV program where what we do is there's a lot of arguments used in the debunked videos. They're short, you know, three and a half to five minutes long, but there's a lot of arguments used in them. So we take the 28 minute TV program and flesh out the arguments so people watch the program then they feel more comfortable sharing the debunked video to have a conversation okay. about them. There's 90-second videos up there. There's I'd, I'd, One thing I'd spotlight is, for the parents out there, scroll down to the Just for Kids section. Okay. And inside Just for Kids, there's a thing called Fast Facts. There's 24 90-second uh, videos in there with design features on animals. So the stuff that I'm going to be doing at the zoo, it's in there for okay. the parents. You watch the video. There's a PDF that's in there that you just print out. The PDF it's got questions based on the information in the video. The answers are there, and there's a coloring sheet. If you got the ADD gang like me, you got to do something with hands, right? <laughs> right. And so uh, that's all in there. And that's there's 24 though. So I say it's a one month conversation starter, six day a week. Watch a 90 second video with your child, have the conversation, and I guarantee you that at the end of the month, it won't be five and ten minute conversations anymore. It's going to grow. And so that's in there, 35, 36 art lessons for the child that loves art. Our artist, Dan Letha, does a phenomenal job, but he draw teaches the children how to draw an animal, but he teaches about it as well. My grandkids love it. That's why we started putting them up there. So... And I'm telling you, there's free PDFs and booklets. I mean, okay. my book, Reasons for Hope and the Mosaic of Your Life, where I share the stories about my conversion and my dad, the wrestling background. If you go down to Merch, you think I'm selling, I'm not. You hit Merch, go to free PDFs and booklets, and you'll find the Reasons for Hope Mosaic book. It's in there for free. Lucy Unlinked. Wow. All the secular information on why we can trust that Lucy was not one of our supposed ancestors. Mm-hmm. It's packed.
1: Great. That's fantastic. And also, you I want to ask you in a minute how the debunked videos came along. Yeah. But you mentioned, right before we went on the air, you mentioned a podcast. Is that yeah. fairly new?
2: Yeah, yeah. We just uh, joined teams, uh, joined uh, with Jay Rudolph. Jay Rudolph's been in radio for over 30 years and Christian radio for 22 years. And so we started a podcast called The Debunked Files. It's every two weeks on a Friday night. Matter of fact, tonight we've got Steve Dace on there. And so... Uh, uh, We've been doing that, but that's only two weeks. We we don't have the staff to do a daily program, right? So when I uh, Jay had me on his program, and I was like, man, yeah, we want to do something daily. And he's like, well, let's talk. And so we partnered with Jay, and it's called the Plum Line, P-L-U-M-B, the Plum Line. And that's a daily program. We're on at least seven networks that I know of now, Salem. We just signed to go into San Diego, and we're working with uh, Cincinnati and Lexington right now. So the thing is is expanding, mm. and it's a daily uh, radio program, uh, but you can listen to it on the app. If you go to the app, there's a tab that says The Plum Line. That'll take you to Spotify. It's on there. Or uh, just about any other place that okay. you can get those type of things.
1: Fantastic. Now, these debunked videos, I know they're very popular. Is there a certain age group that they are aimed at, and how, how did you start to do those?
2: You know, it's weird. Uh, I try to communicate at a junior high level. Because what I have found is that if I can keep a junior hire's attention for an hour, I can keep almost anybody's attention for an hour. That's just reality, and so they they are geared for the. I tell it, I tell people it's the two point two second attention span gang. Because believe it or not, science supposedly shows that children, youth, I should say, have a two point two second attention span, which, by the way, is less than a goldfish wow (laughs) it's reported that a goldfish has a three-second attention span and i'm just trying to figure out what's what scientific technique did you use to figure that out that'd be my question you got a goldfish and a stopwatch how can you tell if it's paying attention and to what bubbles i mean come on i just i don't get it but anyway (laughs) so it's going after that gang and uh i am finding that definitely junior high and up get it uh the the adults, I think the argument that many adults would give me is that it's too much information, it's too fast. But then I'll ask a question. Was it done well enough that you'd watch it again to try to glean a little mm-hmm. more information? And I've never had anybody say, nah, I'm not doing that again. So uh first setting is really geared for that junior high, high school age, uh college age, because they're used to taking in a lot of information very quickly. But even the adults will get it, but typically they go back and watch it a second or third time.
1: Okay. Great. That's fantastic. Now, Reasons for Hope, um, you founded it, I believe, in 2011. Yes, ma'am. And then the verse, I love this, First Peter 3.15, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And what a great verse. My husband and I have actually been talking about that verse quite a bit lately. Um, that reason for our hope is apologia, where we get the word apologetics mm-hmm. yep, from. Yep. But I love I love the order here set apart Christ yep. so there's your first priority and then have given an answer and they need to be thoughtful answers well yeah. thought out answers yep yep and study
2: Yeah I mean the word literally means a logical rational explanation of why we believe what we say we believe mm-hmm. and I love the fact that you said that sanctify means to set apart this is serious business mm-hmm. and so when I tell folks the only reason I do apologetics is because I'm commanded to do so. Remember, my dad was a professional wrestler, so I don't have a high IQ. You know, when you grow up around guys with one name like Crusher, Bruiser, Muller, Sass, an IQ's not stressed in the home. And so, uh, it's not that I'm going to impress anybody with my mental acuity, but God commanded believers to set apart Christ and to be able to give a logical, rational explanation about why. Not just what they believe, but why. And, and to me, that's the missing component that I see in the church today, and quite frankly, even with the lost. Because I'm finding that 90% of the people that you run into, they can tell you what they believe. But if you push and go beyond the veneer and try to find out why they believe it, that's when a lot of times now you start getting in the arguments because people get defensive. And the way to shut somebody down is to get mean and nasty to them towards them. So I, I tell people, if, you, if you've if you got some uh, a relationship with somebody and they're getting mean and nasty, it's probably because they're pretty shallow in their faith. Mm-hmm. Because when we truly know mm-hmm. something, I feel very confident when somebody comes after me and they make a claim, they call me whatever name, okay, I'm an idiot. But guess what? This is what I believe. This is why I believe it. How am I incorrect? Show me how I'm incorrect. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes it easier for me to have conversations with people that I disagree with when I'm, I'm comfortable in my position.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I, that's a fantastic point. Um, and also, uh, to be able to give a reason for the hope, to give an answer to every man that asks you. I yeah. find that is very interesting because yes, we go out and we share, we share the gospel with people that we meet and, and some people, you know, like say Ray Comfort and you guys, you do oh, it, yeah. you do it professionally. I, and I, I don't want that word to be misunderstood, but you do no, it a no. lot more. But but also, this suggests that people know us, they know what we believe, and yeah. they know how to find us yeah. because of our lives.
2: Oh, yeah. So oh, there's yeah.
1: something more to that, that when everyone that asks you.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you, Ray, I, 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 I don't even know that I could have you mention my name in the same sentence with that guy. I love Ray. I absolutely love Ray. He is probably... The best that I have ever seen—that going out on the street and engaging people in conversation—and it's not a work, it's not a gimmick. He genuinely, yeah. truly loves people. He loves people. He, he loves. A he's man.
1: patient with people. Oh I look goodness. at and I think, I don't know that I could have done yeah. that that way, and I, and I, and I feel bad. About and it.
2: Here, here's what's <laughs> cool: we just released our latest debunked on uh, Lucy, uh, our supposed okay. evolutionary ancestor, Lucy. And Ray called me. This was last week, and. Oh boy, I'm gonna spill beans here. He called me. Said, "Carl, these things are so well done. I go and I look at how many people watch them on your, on your uh, YouTube channel and all that, and it's like it's pitiful." <laughs> I mean, he gets millions of views on his stuff. He is so good, and we just don't get that many views. And I'm like, Ray, I just don't know how to do it. He said, "How? okay, Carl, how about this? I'm going to do an episode where I spotlight this debunk, because I've got some video of when I was out on the street doing this and this and this, and then I'll spotlight that, and we'll see if we can't get more people to come over to you. Isn't this crazy that you find people in ministry that want to help you in ministry? Mm Because typically you know, hey, i got to protect me and mine, right? And even in Christianity sometimes we find uh, very protective, you know. Yeah. But he reached out, and he has an episode coming out of uh, on evolution, and he's spotlighting the Debunked on Lucy and promoting people come to our website nice. to do that. So I love Ray Comfort. He's, he's been a dear friend for a long time, wow. and uh, he is the best wow. at talking to people.
1: Well, and Crash just handed me, debunked, uh, episode 10 live on YouTube. Is that tomorrow night with Steve Deese?
2: Friday night. So that's tonight, right?
1: Yeah, Finding Hope in a World That Shattered It. Special guest, Steve Deese. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Steve Deese. Deese. Okay, live uh, October 13th, 9 Uh, o'clock Eastern time.
2: I'm going to tell you, that's another crazy relationship because Steve is a guy. I did his program years ago, years ago. And uh, I didn't realize it was him. And then uh, now he's on the Blaze Network. Okay. And he. Uh, oh,
1: I know who that is. Yeah. Okay.
2: Very. Oh my goodness. Sharp mm-hmm. mind. Very sharp mm-hmm. mind. I don't. I don't want to be on the opposite side of him. <laughs> I know that. And so he he had me on his new program on the Blaze because Dave Drake. You know Dave. Mm-hmm. Dave. Uh, Dave is a bird dog, and Dave. Dave was on Steve because he loves Steve, and he had uh, Steve allowed us to come on. Steve saw debunked. And he loved it. I mean, he went so far as to, we sent him the debunked videos, but we sent him some debunked t-shirts for the team and everything like that. Well, our t-shirt wasn't designed as, we're not good marketers, <laughs> so we had a little tiny thing on the front and the big debunked on the back. Steve Dace turned our debunked shirt around, wore it backwards. He, he wore a different shirt every day for a week with the backwards so that people could see the debunked logo and stuff <laughs> on the front to, to, to help. So I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm excited about Steve because I can tell you what, where we're going, we're not going after political and stuff like that. We're going after his story. When you hear his story, when you hear his testimony, oh, my goodness, it is something that needs to be heard by people today because we need hope. There's a lot of hurting people. He comes from a crazy background, and I can tell you what, he's going to preach Jesus, and he's going to give hope.
1: Wow, fantastic! My name is Mary Danielson. You're listening to Stand Up for the Truth today. We're talking to Carl Kirby, and I want to ask him because I, I listened to a podcast with you and Alex McFarland, and Alex is going to be on uh, soon on Stand Up in, in awesome. about two weeks. I'm very looking awesome. really looking forward to that. But I loved your interview with him, and you were talking about equipped retreats. And I know in summertime, uh, the youth are free; they have a lot more opportunity to be on retreats yeah. and to get the gospel. A vacation Bible school, all these things happen in summer. Um. so Equip Retreat, uh, what ages and what happened this summer with the Equip Retreats? Because I, I hear it was just fantastic.
2: Miss Mary, this summer really changed me in the direction that I think we're going to take in the ministry. Really? Okay. We did 24 camps over 10 weeks. Five of them were our camps. So the other 19 were, were a guest speaker somewhere. Typically when we're a guest speaker, they'll have us speak in the morning, then in the evening. And i always push to try to get... a a third session where uh, it's just question and answer. Day one, we hand out index cards. What are the questions keeping you from selling Mm -hmm. out? Write it down. Turn it in. Mm -hmm. And then on that extra session, typically it's after lunch during free time. No pressure. This is what we're doing. We're going to pull questions. We're going to go for it. We have very little difficulty getting people to come to those. So (laughs) so they come. Uh, But when we do our equip retreats, we have 17 teaching sessions over five days that are mandatory. And then there's five optional and we never have less than a third of the kids that come back and it is unbelievable the responses that we get i put a video up on my personal facebook page which is just my name carl d kirby k-e-r-b-y um i I put a, a video up on there where I didn't realize what was going on. I'm speaking, and the kids were so engaged. I mean, this is not just sit there, boring, right? Mm-hmm. They're engaged. We're going. And I looked down at my uh, timer, and I only had like five minutes left, but my talk, I had like over 20 minutes of stuff to go because we had we've been uh, flushing out so many points. I'd lost time, right? Mm-hmm. So I just off the cuff said... Okay guys, I got to skip ahead here and skip some stuff uh so we can get out on time because when I finished that was zip line, that was the cli- climbing wall, wow. that was all that stuff, right? Okay. So I want them to have fun too. Yeah, we right. we have fun as well. And the kids, I'm not exaggerating, Miss Mary, no, we don't want to go. We don't have any place to go. Keep going. And and so we got that on video and Dave sent uh, Dave Glanders uh, the guy who runs our camps for us. Okay. He sent that to me. And I'm telling you, I remember I teared up when that happened. I remember that I teared up there. When I saw it again, I teared up again. That's what we're finding is that there's a generation, they want something that makes sense, it's solid, and we deal with it. I mean, we just, we let's go. What are these issues? So we don't pull any punches. We go after, look, Satan doesn't play fair. And he's coming after these kids, getting them to doubt. That's the biggest tool that he's got. Let me get you to doubt. And when I get you to doubt the Bible, You're in trouble. And so that's what we go after, all the apologetic, quote-unquote, issues, all the questions that are being thrown at these kids today and how do we give an answer for the reason for the hope that lies within us with meekness and fear
1: yes absolutely and knowing how to draw the questions out of the young people is really super important and in the second half here i want to actually because people might be saying who are listening what are some of the questions because now they're curious so i think we're gonna we're gonna cover some of that and again the book did jesus commit suicide and 27 other questions teens are asking about the bible when i first saw that title i went um okay oh uh, wow I've ne- that really grabbed my attention yeah, yeah. because it never dawned on me to even think along those lines. Me neither. You know, I because, got that question yeah. that was exactly where I was. Wow. Yeah that's that's a mind-altering uh yeah. question and and but these are the things that teens ask they ask to the point they want answers and uh they need they rely on the adults to give them answers because there's a lot of important things going on and we just have a couple of minutes here but also um men of iron conferences yeah. now what are those?
2: Yeah, that's a, a conference here in Green Bay that uh, myself. I, I don't know who all is at that. I know David Fiorazzo is at it, and myself, and we're just going to go after men, trying to encourage them in their faith. Because quite frankly, in the culture today, uh, being a biblical man is not definitely encouraged. It's something that is kind of discouraged, and so we want to we want to challenge the men to stand up, to be bold. And to be a light and to be a leader to their families. I'm going to talk about being a prophet, being a priest, and being a provider. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover those three Ps for me and say, gentlemen, this is what we're called to do. So I- I'm excited about it because anytime you can get men fired up about their faith, and I mean, no disrespect to ladies, but we definitely need godly, biblical men uh, living and loving their families the way that God has commanded them, mm-hmm. commanded them to do so, and that's what we're going to go for.
1: Is and. What is the date of the next one?
2: Uh, tomorrow is. Oh,
1: that's the, this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to.
0: I'll chime in. It's. Yeah. It's a uh, Ray daughter. is going to be one of the speakers. Okay, great. Pastor David Roth, of course. David Furioso. Yep. And Carl somebody. <laughs> it will be speaking. Now it is tomorrow, starting at eight thirty. Okay. It's at One Way Church in Green Bay. Beautiful. They are taking walk-ins, but they would prefer you to register at menofironconference.org. dot org. Awesome. Men Thank of, you of Iron. Yeah, menofironconference.org did hear from Pastor David, who's hosting it, and he said they'll they'll take some walk-ins, but okay. they would prefer people pre-registered at and,
2: 8.30 in the morning. And pray for David, Pastor David, because his mother just fell and broke her hip. Um, mm. So he was having to deal with that. She's uh, elderly and fell and broke her hip. So please, he, he just contacted me yesterday and told me that. So please lift him up in prayer. Awesome. So again that is tomorrow and they That's will time. accept walk ins.
1: And it's over it's uh tomorrow and Sunday? Just no. tomorrow just from what I can so say. So one day. Just, just
2: tomorrow. It's a one day thing, because then Sunday I'm at a church. Okay.
1: Okay. Great. I'm glad I asked because I, I think I missed that memo in there, so that it's good to know that. Uh, again, we're almost ready to uh, have a break here, but we want to talk about kids and truth when we come back. Mm. And uh here's just a couple of statistics here that will lead into that. Forty one percent of senior pastors um only 41%, let me yeah. preface it with that, have a biblical worldview, and it goes down from there with associate pastors and youth pastors. And I I find that a little shocking. I don't know why I do, but I think we found also with COVID that a lot of pastors have forgotten exactly what the church is here for and what is the mission, uh, what are they teaching on Sunday. So uh, then only 12% of youth leaders have a biblical worldview. Well, how do you give kids hope if you don't have a biblical worldview? So we're going to talk about that when we come back. Um, uh, Go to StandUpForTheTruth.com. We have had some wonderful guests, including Carl, here over the decades, and we have a list of the most popular guests on the site, StandUpForTheTruth.com. And scroll through, find your favorites, listen to the podcasts. Again, my name is Mary Danielson. We're here with Carl Kirby, Reason for Hope, R4H.com. We've got to take a two-minute break. Stay with us for part two. And remember, there is an Intercept
0: page right now on our website through Cloudflare. So just check the box, yes, I'm a human, and you'll get to StandUpForTheTruth.com. Feedback, questions, and topic
1: suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. My name is Mary Danielson, and we're here today with Carl Kirby. Reasons for hope are for h.com and also um the equip retreats uh those are mostly in the summer carl tells me uh but i think they want to branch out because the uh, you know the time is short to reach the kids and the and the most uh that can be done i know that his heart is to get get it done uh as much as possible so r4h.com slash equip and then hyphen right yeah equip and, dash, hi- retreat. dash retreat yep. dot com yeah, equip- oh dash retreat yep. okay Uh, So if you want to look those up and see if that's something that you uh, want to pray about for your young people, uh, that would be great. Um, I want to talk about kids and truth, and we kind of uh, left it at that about uh, worldviews. But, you know, when a couple finds out they're having a child, I think a raft of new thoughts come to mind, and they realize not only are they the adults at this point now, but I think the parents become interest, introspective because they're looking around their world mm. and wondering maybe for the very first time what kind of world they are bringing that child into. And the answers are going to be different between say 1963 and 19 and 2023. Uh, a little bit panic inducing possibly mm. too. But God is still making humans. Um, do parents ever express to you that they are, uh, afraid for their kids and their grands in this world
2: oh absolutely i was it's a part of the reason we have reasons for hope yeah uh because a little about 13 years ago my son came to me and said dad you're going to be a grandparent now i was at the the largest creation ministry going i was the number two most requested speaker i was booked a year and a half out i mean a ministry there was no there was no going any higher than where i was right and when my son came to me and said that my heart fell through the floor because i've been working with the youth and i'm like oh no what kind of a world is my grandchild going to grow up in? And so uh, I made a decision that I had to reach the generation, the younger generation now, because you think about it, the 20-year-olds, uh, the teens, are going to reach my grandchildren more than I am. I'm on the downhill slide, right? So I made a decision, walked away from big ministry, and started focusing on the younger generation. We, we don't primary, we do not do just youth because I couldn't survive in ministry if I did that. I have to talk to the mature people because the more mature people support us. That's reality. Mm-hmm. Kids don't tithe and they don't buy books. But they're the future. And so I made that decision. And I'm having parents or grandparents tell me that all the time because they see what's going on and I, I mean especially today come on when you turn on the news and you see the Yemen the yeah. the the, pro, the protests going on in Yemen and the, and even in our own country now that we're fighting against each other because of you know Israel Palestine I there is so much concern how's this fit with the scripture well it fits pretty well and unfortunately uh, people are afraid of it and I'm like you know what God's in control mm-hmm. we cannot let fear rule us right. He is still on his throne. He's in control. So what can we do? We can go down swinging. You started this off talking about the remnant. I believe that there's a remnant still out there that we go for him, right? And along that journey, as we reach out to this remnant and, and, and get them shored up in their faith and get them fired up in their faith, you're going to reach others that are on the outskirts out there. Don't let being in the minority stop you from speaking truth boldly.
1: Absolutely, amen to that. Uh, we also talked about uh, at, right before the break worldviews among those mm. in ministry, full-time pastors. Only forty-one percent of senior pastors have a biblical worldview, mm. which is why also explains why the church knows nothing about Bible prophecy. Mm. That's a whole nother podcast. But then we got down to twelve percent of youth leaders having a biblical worldview. All right, that's a little scary because parents drop their kids off in youth group. Yep. Um. Uh, or sometimes parents seem to think that they have to have this youthful persona to reach their kids no yep. you need truth yep. uh, um, parents need to carl i'm going to hand this your way parents need to find out the worldview of the youth leader what a
2: Ooh. radical idea uh-huh. somebody that's going to spend time teaching my child spiritually especially uh i should know where they stand Yeah. I mean, they're my child. I spent 18 years, right, with them, trying to raise them up and pour into them. And then I'm going to turn them over to somebody that's going to undermine what I'm teaching. Nah, I don't think so. So parent, if I can encourage you, I'm not attacking you. I want to encourage you. Mm Where your child goes to school, all right, that's between you and the Lord. If you're gonna put them in a public school, if you're gonna put them in a Christian school, if you're gonna homeschool, that's between you and the Lord. But know this, primary responsibility for the educating of our children is the parents, and number one parent is the father. Fathers train your child, fathers train, you're gonna read that over and over in scripture. Mm -hmm. So dads, if I can, humbly, why is this a conference that we're doing tomorrow, the men of iron, so important? Because it's your job to train your child spiritually. Now you can use the government school. I wouldn't recommend it, you can use them. To help them in your responsibility you can use the christian school you can homeschool but you need to be involved regardless of where your child goes to be educated you have to be involved and i'm telling you you put them in a a government school boy you need to be even more involved Mm -hmm. are there young folks that are surviving that world yes but it's taking a lot of work and so uh yeah we should be scared Mm -hmm. yeah in a way Mm -hmm. i say just get active use it as a catalyst to, to really teach a generation how to think. Because it's so glaring now. It, the gray is disappearing, right? I mean, it's it, it's either here or there. The gray is disappearing. And so you can be afraid of that, or you can embrace it and say, I'm going to teach my child truth, I'm going to live truth, and let's see what the Lord's going to do with it. I think he blesses obedience, at least that's what I've seen over the last 30 years of my life.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And we want to make sure that the youth groups are not raising big children right. you know, to keep them stunted in their growth yeah. with fluff and nonsense. That's but right. young adults, I mean, even in the Jewish uh, communities, the, the young people at 13 right. are sitting under the teachers. Um, and I think sometimes in the church I get the idea that we've kind of missed that chronology um, where all of a sudden we've got these extended childhoods. Even some adults have extended <laughs> childhoods, you know. And yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, so we need to have young adults, not big kids. And that's something that only your parents know. Because, uh, Carl, we were talking uh, beforehand, raise up a child in the way they should go. Right. That's a personalized Very pronoun personal. for your yep. kids,
2: Yep. right? Oh, absolutely. When you, Proverbs 22, 6, when you look at that verse and start breaking it down, it is telling us that we need to know our children so intimately. What motivates them, what doesn't motivate them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, parents are going to know this. They're going to resonate with this. We cannot use a cookie cutter approach to raising our children because right. my daughter, what motivated her was totally different. From what motivated my son. And the biggest mistake that I made as a parent is I tried to do the same thing for both of them. Mm-hmm. My daughter's senior year in high school broke my heart. Uh, basketball was my God. Before I got saved, basketball was my God. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I had my children out from the time they were old enough to stand in the, in the driveway with a basketball doing drills, drop step, shoot. You know, I, I was doing that. My son thrived, thrived, went off to college, played college ball. Daughter, I drove her away. Senior year, she's, I mean, she was, she was good and she could have had an opportunity to get a college scholarship, yada, yada. And she comes and says, Dad, I'm not playing ball anymore. I drove her away. We have to know our children intimately and treat them as individuals. And help them to grow spiritually. And you can do that, but it takes time.
1: Yes, it takes time. And, and, and sometimes we're just so busy that, that yep. we just, you know, go from morning, afternoon, evening, and the days just keep repeating themselves. And we haven't, pretty soon we realize we haven't invested in them during yeah. the course of that day because we're just trying to get through the day. But sometimes we need to stop and put some things down and just sit down and look them square in the eye and, you know, busyness. Miss
2: Mary, I'll tell you the one piece of advice a parent gave, or a, a, a fellow believer gave me, very early on after I got saved. It makes perfect sense. And parent, I hope you hear this. A guy came to me and said, "Carl, people are always complaining about their kids. They reach the teenage, teenage years and then they go off the rails." He said, "Let me put it to you like this: If you open a bank account and for sixteen years you put nothing in and you go make a withdrawal, what are you going to get?" He said, but if you're putting in regular deposits along the way, 16 years from now, you're going to be able to make a withdrawal. Our children are like Mm -hmm. a bank account. Make sure you're putting in regular deposits along the way. And it will have an impact. I'm living it. I'm telling you, my children are still my best friends. They're 41. They're 40. Mm -hmm. And they are my best friends. And I'm not holding me up. I failed miserably as a parent in so many ways. But God is gracious, and he will bless obedience.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think of that verse, I have no greater joy than that my children walk in truth. What do you mean, no greater joy? That's a big statement. That's huge. Think about that. Parents need to think about that. Yeah. The kind of joy that you get from your your child being eternally secure, you take their hand out of your hand and put it in God's hand. Yeah, amen. And that's that's our job. Now, some of these questions, Carl, we talked about <laughs> earlier on, 27 other questions teens are asking about the Bible, and of course we wouldn't get to even a fraction of them. But you may want to know, the listener might want to know, what are kids asking? Well, the book is called, Did Jesus Commit Suicide? That's pretty provocative. Yeah. Somebody's thinking this through. Um, Carl, what do you have to say about that particular question? How would you answer a young person who came to you with that?
2: It's crazy. I was in him at California. We were doing a Q and A like we do at all the camps. And so I'm twenty minutes into a Q&A and I pulled a card out and I don't I don't dodge anything. We pull it out and we go. And it said, if suicide is a sin, didn't Jesus sin because he committed suicide? And I was like, hmm, very interesting. Never been asked that one before. And so the way that I approached it was to explain to that individual that there's a major difference between sacrifice and suicide. Mm-hmm. Suicide is selfish. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice is laying down their life mm-hmm. for others. And so there's a major difference between being selfish and looking after self versus looking after others. Uh, I gave the illustration at that time there was, uh, uh, there were people that, that were trying to escape, uh, in the Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken, and there was a bridge and there was, Uh, A gate was locked, and they were being shot, and they were being killed, and one individual ran out there and unlocked that gate so people could get through there and get across. And I said, that's not suicide. That's a sacrifice. He was helping others Mm -hmm. to survive. Mm -hmm. And so used it like that, but I'll be honest with you. I didn't like my answer completely. I felt like I didn't flesh it out enough. So what did I do? That was the catalyst for that book to be made because I went back and I contacted one, you know Juan, you've Juan. had him on yes. the show. Yes. And I said, Juan, this is the way that I answered this, but I think that we need to cover it a whole lot more in depth. So Juan took that chapter on, and that's his chapter, okay. and he did a phenomenal job yes. in it. And so I said, well, man, I've got all these questions that I've been accumulating over the last couple of years from all these camps. I just happen to keep them because I make presentations. This is what blows the kids away. They come up, they ask the questions and I make a presentation to to answer that question. I try to put it out so there's visuals and all that sort of a thing. So that's why I keep those questions so that I make them. So if somebody asks it in sure. the future, I've got that thing there I can pop it up.
1: Yeah, and also the verse you have in here. Oh, my Father, uh, Jesus said, "My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me." That's right. So he willingly uh, became a sacrifice, exactly, you know, knowing the the history. Prehistory, post-history, knowing the whole picture because he's God. Yeah. Okay, the second question here, number two, why does God create homosexuals and then condemn them, which, of course, uh, implies that they are born that way. But, of course, we are all born broken. Right. So how would you answer someone uh, who asked that question?
2: Well, first of all, I have to challenge the premise. God did not create them that way. You see, we're assigning to God something that isn't, true. And so when people ask questions, we have to question the question. It's one of the things I'm going to teach (laughs) the young people all the time that I teach the young people all the time. When people ask you a question, you better listen to the way that it's being worded because you can word a question in such a way that you can't get a correct response. It's like you ask a guy, when did you stop beating your wife? There's no answer to that. I mean, and so we have to take a look at that. And that presupposes that God created them that way and then condemn them. Well, first of all, God did not create them that way. We are all broken when we were born. We are all mm-hmm. sin sinners. Uh, we all have propensities.
0: Right. Now, what we do with those, yeah,
2: yeah, mm-hmm. w- whatever we do with those propensities, whatever we do with those inclinations, that's what we're going to be held accountable for. So, you know, I use and I'll say this to the people. Well, I you know I just like someone of the same sex, and I said, well, I like the opposite sex. Do I act out on those? Yeah. If I do then that's what I'm going to be held accountable for. God's not going to punish you for uh, those things. I mean, you have to understand that when I act out on them, that, okay, now we have a problem, and so we have to be very careful. Don't let the inclinations dictate who you are you're not an animal you have the freedom right you can make a choice to act or to not act and there's consequences to both
1: absolutely there's free will in the bible from exactly. genesis to revelation yeah. so it's our choices not our inclinations yeah. all right the next one why is pornography wrong you know and carl we live in a frog in the pot culture that continues to ramp up and move the goalposts when it comes to morality and things yeah. that we see that that you can't unsee and it just seems to build um, and so these young people want to know why this is wrong.
2: You know, I was leaving uh, Florida Christian School. I would spent uh, a whole week there. It was a uh, spiritual emphasis week. And as I walked out, I've still got the little note in my wallet. I've still got it. I can show it to you. Young man walks up, gives it to me and says, um, how do I deal with this? How would I do this? And by the way, pornography. I'm hooked on it. It is... And by the way, I'm giving nutshell answers. The book goes much more depth. Right, depth. Absolutely. Uh, you're right. Yep. I'm giving nutshell answers on this stuff. Why is it important? Because it is destroying, it is dehumanizing people. People are created in the image of God. And when we start looking at people as slabs of meat or something that is there to satisfy my desires, I am absolutely undermining and destroying God's mm-hmm. image. Mm-hmm. We are created in his image. We're his masterpiece. And so... Anytime I start and by the way, if you want to deal with racism, if you want to deal with critical race theory, I'm we're teaching a class at Faith Baptist Bible College, right? And we're we do one on creation apologetics right now. They're week long modules, eight hours, intensive. We're adding two more classes because we're gonna have a minor now available in apologetics. And my is uh one of my sessions in a new class on cultural apologetics that we're teaching is social justice. If you wanna deal with those things, you have to deal with who man is. Yeah. And I think pornography destroys who man is. Yeah, it totally diminishes people, and we we just turn them into beast.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, and Jesus talked about it in Matthew five about lust. Yeah, that's the issue here. And another thing that that has reverberations all through a marriage is is if a man is is viewing pornography, the woman can no longer live up to the standard that has been set in his mind and so it destroys women it destroys because there's a war on women too absolutely and and also women look at pornography too so it it really destroys that uh incredible um uh, uh, relationship that god meant to be between a man and a woman it's very destructive
2: diminishes people to nothing more than meat bags and i'm sorry we are his masterpiece
1: yes and it's too bad we have to even ask that that children are asking this question. Oh, yeah. How did we get here? That is Uh, scary.
2: Miss Mary, I'm going to tell you, my son, youth pastor, as well as his job, he has a job to pay the bills, and he's a youth pastor. (laughs) He went to a very large um, youth pastor ministry uh, conference, right? And every youth pastor, he didn't talk to every one of them, but there were over 200, and every youth pastor that he talked to, every one of them have trouble with pornography in the youth groups. I spoke at a... a massive church. I'm not going to drop a name. It's a massive church in Florida. It's a massive church, right? I, I told them about what my son had said to me. The assistant pastor went to his son. There's a, there's a waiting list to get into the school. I mean, it's massive. It's, it's like a massively large Christian school. It's the cream of the crop kids. He went to his son and he said, you know, I just heard this, that he said every one of the kids that has a smartphone is involved in pornography. Parent, if your child has a smartphone, you better get engaged on that thing. I'm just telling you right now. Every every student that had it, he went to his son and said, how many of your friends with smartphones are involved in pornography? Miss Mary, what do you think this young man said without skipping a beat? 50%, 80%, 100%, 100%. And I'm telling you, it's an issue. We have to address it. We can't run and hide from it. And that might mean that we might have to make some tough calls like, oh, maybe my child doesn't have a smartphone. Maybe they have a phone that they can call with. Oh, Carl, now you're really, really meddling. Well, I'll tell you what. Right now, we're losing 50 to 88% of the kids raised in the church. The mental health crisis is greater. Uh, 30, 30 minimum, 30% of the kids we talked to in camp this summer are suffering from sexual abuse. It is sickness. It is rampant. And the, the smart devices are the tool that Satan is using right now to destroy a generation. Mm-hmm. You would not allow your child to go into their bedroom, spend the night with a stranger with the door locked. Mm-hmm. You do it every time they walk in with one of these devices. Mm-hmm. You would not pay for your child to take cocaine or any other, medic, uh, any other drug. You do it. When you put that drug in their hand, it is a drug. You don't have to trust me. You can do the secular research. It is a drug that is destroying a generation. And so I'm saying, parent, you might have to make a tough call here.
1: Yeah.
2: And future uh, parents that have future children wanting these smart devices, go to Gab Wireless. I don't get a nickel out of this thing. It looks like a smartphone, but all they can do is call so they don't have to worry mm-hmm. about being teased, right? Mm-hmm. Greatest commercials going as well. But it's, you got to do something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't even have phones when we were kids it was plug-in landline and parents did not know where you were or what you were doing but it was such a different different world people don't understand how different that was and i recently saw on my facebook an ad came up for a phone that is only a phone
2: yep gab wireless i'm telling you there's others but i love gab wireless because it looks like a smartphone and they now have it to the place where you can play some games on it but parent gets to choose what things go on there I don't get a nickel out of this, but I think it's an alternative that we should at least consider before I put this, no, before I let the world have access to my child. It's not your child necessarily having access to the world. I'm giving the world access to my child through those things, and they're having an impact. So make a tough decision. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. I agree with that. Because if it is all about you um, being able to get a hold of them during the day or vice versa, then get a phone. Get a phone. Yeah. 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 Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um race. I know that kids because you hear about it on the media all the time oh, that yeah. the uh politicized race, you know, they play they play it, uh and use it to um really destabilize us as a civilization. Oh, yeah. Um what are the some of the things that kids ask about race, because we are one blood. Acts seventeen twenty six, yep. he has made from one blood every nation of men That's to right. dwell on the face of the earth. Uh and we come from three people who came from two people.
2: Yeah. 1 Corinthians 15, first man, Adam. Yes. We all go back to one man. Genesis three twenty. Eve is called Eve because she is mother of all mm-hmm. living, not some. Mm-hmm. So we all go back to one man and one woman. So if you really want to deal, like I said, with critical race theory and all this kind of a thing, the only answer that's going to deal with this ultimately is the biblical answer, and that is there is, as you said, Acts 1726, there's only one blood. There's only one race to human race. The Bible never talks about race other than running the good race. Right? <laughs> yes. But when it when it comes to the people groups, yes there are tribes. Yes, there are cultures, and cultures real, Miss Mary. I gotta admit that. My wife is Japanese. Mm-hmm. I married her when I was stationed in the military. She's from Japan. And they have a different culture. Uh, Just a simple example is my wife likes fish. I don't like fish. She loves fish. And I'm talking those little tiny nasty smelling fish, man. You're driving home, you're a block from the house, and she's like, she's cooking fish. I had to lay down the law. I'm going to tell you right now, I I lay down the law. You cannot cook that fish in the house. I'm the man, I wear the pants. She just tells me which ones to wear. It didn't work. She still cooks that fish. She loves it. You think squeezing toothpaste in the middle or the end is a big deal? Try coming home smelling that fish. And she's the oldest. She doesn't have any brothers. So guess what? Her parents have lived with us for 30 years. Ten months, three weeks, two days. (laughs) 14 hours. It's a you lot think of I'm, fish. You think I'm joking. That's a lot of fish. But hey, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. You can't handle that. Don't marry an Asian. That's their culture. It's her responsibility to take care of her parents. It's been the great, honestly, it's been the greatest blessing in our life. Our children grew up with their uh, grandparents. They, they can talk to people older than themselves. It was a blessing. Oh. But here's the reality. Culture's real, and... There's only one race, the human race. And 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 now, if i got to let science talk for a second, why chromosome? Passed from father to child? Yes, we can tell what a male is. Why chromosome? Passed yeah. from the father to the child, and guess what? Science now says that we all go back to one man. I could have saved a lot of time and money on that research. Mitochondrial DNA is passed from yep. the mother to the child. Shows we all go back to one woman. So I don't care what you look like on the outside. Mm-hmm. On the inside, we go back to one man and one woman, and here's a... Quote from a secular source, but oh, it's conservative. Huffington Post. That's a joke. Yeah. Not conservative. And it says that we all go back to one man, one woman, and they lived at the same time. Mm-hmm. Can I get a collective "duh" on that? It's yeah. not going to work any other way. Yeah,
1: no kidding, no kidding. How interesting is that? Um, there are so many questions here that we could talk about. I mean, uh, young people have questions about abortion, questions about yeah. alien, about pain. Why is there pain and suffering? Yeah. Um what is truth uh, how do, dealing with death and some young people are already dealing with death and they're dealing with death among their peers which yep. they shouldn't have to do what about hell what um, are the days in genesis really days are there contradictions in the gospel uh, Carl we only have a couple minutes left it's gone mm. so fast what have we not covered that you really really would like to cover here
2: Man I would just say that parents you can do this don't let satan overwhelm you he doesn't play fair You can do this. If it's just sitting down and spending a uh, five to ten minute conversation, doing a five to ten minute conversation with your children each day, take the book. All right. Take the book and and go through one of those questions and and work through it. Um, I mean, okay, you can't afford it. I understand that. So download our app. R, F, O, R, H. All you, that's all you gotta search on an app store. It's absolutely free. And I'm telling you, there's hours, hours of free content on there. So I'm not trying to nickel and dime you, but you can do something. And it's gonna have to be you because nobody else can reach your child the way that you can. Now, of course you use other people to help reinforce what you're trying to do. I understand that, but I want to encourage you to know. That God has not left you. He's not abandoned you. He's still there. He's still on the throne. Don't let the craziness that we see going on destroy it. Because, yes, it's going to get crazy. God already warned us. He told us what it's going to be like before he comes again. So embrace the fact that God is who he claimed to be. He's going to do what he said that he did. He uh, said he's, uh, he's going to do what he said he's going to do because he did what he said that he did. Yep. And you can trust his word for now and yep. the future.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Carl. We really appreciate you coming on. Just a wealth of wisdom and experience with young people and in ministry in general. And I want to encourage parents to be part of a church that teaches the scripture. Amen. And you need to study to show yourself approved so that you can answer your kids' questions. Amen. It's time to be the adult. If you don't know the scriptures, Get in. (laughs) Get in. Start at the beginning if you want to. It doesn't matter. Just get in there because they're looking to you to be the spiritual heads and the spiritual light. And moms, you can, um, you know, you can be talking to your kids about scripture all day long if you have them at home and uh like see, Carl like you said it's like a bank account. Yep. You know, deposit because God's word never returns void especially in the hearts of our young people. Amen. So God bless you parents. You do not have an easy job. Um uh, what a great uh podcast today, Carl. Thank you so much. We have uh coming up Scott Shera on Monday, Tuesday JB Hickson Um, We have Mike Gendron back on Thursday, Friday, Pete Garcia. He's a favorite here on the podcast. Don't miss that. Don't miss any of them. And the week after that is Q Drive. You know, we are listener supported. We are also shadow banned on social media, and we appreciate all you who uh, support us here at Q90 FM. So just letting you know, Q Drive is coming up for the fall, and that'll be uh, the week after next. Uh, so um thank you for being with us. Uh, we just, like I said, we appreciate all of you. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Have a great day on purpose.